0: Welcome to EPO Presents, where we put a spotlight on leaders in the business community. Today, my guest is Julie Graf skinner Julie is a funeral director and pre-planning advisor with Bush Funeral and Crematory Services. So, Julie, what are the benefits of pre-planning?
1: I think that there's a lot of benefits, Jim. I think that's a great question. You know, people often come to the process of making a funeral plan when maybe someone has passed away, They're left to make a lot of decisions in a very short period of time. I think statistically, there's over 75 decisions that need to be made on a difficult day. And they show up exhausted, emotional, and completely unaware of what they need to do and, and how they need to do it and how they're going to pay for it. And I think that experience many times will feed into someone's need to make sure that they don't leave this for somebody else in the future. So biggest number one motivator for planning a funeral is to make it easier for people's loved ones. I think the second part of that is really simply to make sure that there is no doubt or confusion about what, what somebody wanted. You know, We often find that people come to the table when there's no, been, been no previous conversation and they all have different opinions. And this sometimes leads to a lot of anxiety. I think the other part of that is just making sure that we really create a plan that's intentional, that lays out the information that somebody wants and that considers the needs of their survivors to make sure that they're remembered well and that they've not left a lot of loose ends for somebody else to misinterpret. And I think the last part that people will pl- plan for, you know, sometimes people are control freaks. They want to control their own destiny and make sure that they have their own signature or their thumbprint on that. And they want to make sure they don't leave someone stuck with a bill.
0: Many of us care for loved ones who are older than us, or we have a parent, grandparent, somebody, or it could be anyone in our family who is possibly facing a funeral sometime in the near future, how how can we best break the ice with with loved ones? Such a sensitive topic.
1: Well, I don't think that anybody loves to talk about the topic. I mean, I think it's, you know, a little bit like the elephant in the room. How do I bring this up to somebody? Do they think I think they're going to die? Am I trying to make them consider this more than than they should? But I do think that sometimes one of the easiest conversations is just to say, Hey there's a great tool that can be used to help us and Julie over at Bush Funeral Homes can help you with this and we offer something to clients for absolutely no cost it's called a final wishes organizer and it's not magical there's it's a nice booklet that helps people have a really meaningful conversation but the magic is we'll actually spend time with people helping them complete it so we'll help gather information that's needed for a death certificate we'll talk about who's in charge when you are not able to speak for yourself. We'll talk about your preferences and how you wish to be remembered. Learn a little bit about who you are or who your loved one is so that we can create something that's very meaningful and personal. We also take care of details like, you know, what's the end game in terms of final disposition? Do you have a cemetery in mind? Or if you're choosing cremation, you know, what are you thinking you'd like to happen with your cremated remains? And we really help people build a roadmap so that on a difficult day when we're sitting with their loved ones, we're not starting from scratch. And that organizer, I think, is kind of the great icebreaker for people to say, hey, I know it's hard to talk about it, but I have somebody that can help work us through this and actually help us get this information recorded. And then and we'll go to the next step then. We'll allow them to keep a copy at home and we'll keep a copy on file at the funeral home for that difficult day.
0: You, you mentioned that cremation is a growing part of your business, and you've been doing it for 35 years. Uh, can, for those who are not familiar, can you explain, explain cremation and what you offer at Bush?
1: Sure. So I, I would say as a company, we've been cremating people longer than 35 years, but we've owned our own crematory for the past 35 years. And I think that that allows us to control the process and give people complete assurance or confidence that from beginning to end, their loved one is going to stay in our care we're not subbing that job out to somebody else or asking another company to be involved where we've lost control of the process. And we're able to say, you know, the reason we have our own crematory is to be able to give that complete assurance that not only are we going to control every aspect of it, but I think it gives people the opportunity to participate in the cremation process to be part of that ritual or ceremony. So that means that we do have many families that are um, involved in a final goodbye at the crematory or they're able to witness or be present when their loved one's cremated, whether it's because they want to see their loved one placed in the cremation chamber or they just want to be nearby. Our crematory is actually located at our funeral home in Parma. And just outside of the crematory, there's a really nice garden, kind of a meditative area. And there's also a nature walk that's part of a water conservancy program that we've participated in. And a lot of people will come to um, our location on the day of their loved one's cremation to not only have a final goodbye, but also to just kind of whether that would be to meditate or pray, but they liken it maybe to a trip to a cemetery. It's the final journey that they take with their loved one.
0: I have noticed people personally, They maybe they've, they've made their arrangements with you. They've done a lot of the pre-planning, but then maybe they pass away and they're not in the state or they're, they're not near home. What What are their options at that point?
1: I think that most of us think oh we'll always be at home when we die you know we're going to we're going to be lucky to be in bed and die in our sleep and we're going to have this peaceful passing and and unfortunately it doesn't always work that way for people you know we have a lot of people that are mobile they don't always stay in this community 12 months of the year sometimes they're out of town so if their death would occur away from home you know part of that process is finding another funeral home to do the preparation work and paperwork and of course paying for the transportation to get somebody back residents, and you know, just even earlier this year, we handled somebody that died out of the country, and the the cost to bring them back from this island was close to eight thousand dollars, and wow. the red tape and and some of the issues with the consulate it, it was overwhelming. And I will say to you, there's a better way. So many times when people are making a prearrangement, they're also taking uh, care of or providing uh, for their family. Making an investment in a product that's called out of area protection that covers the cost of preparing their remains and returning back here from anywhere in the world, more than 75 miles from this community. And so whether you're, you know, anywhere in the United States or you happen to be out of the country, it will take care of the preparation and return back here. And it's got another great unique feature for relocation. So if perhaps you're talking with a husband and wife and the one spouse dies and the other goes to live with their kids out of town or they've relocated. It will also return them back here from their relocated area.
0: In regards to cremation, compared to a traditional funeral or what I consider a traditional funeral, can you have a viewing or some sort of a service? Or, you know, can you scatter the remains afterwards?
1: Oh gosh, Jim. Those are great questions. And those are questions I get asked about almost every day. First of all, yes, you can have a viewing, whether you want to have a public viewing or a private viewing number one, you should understand that it is required in our state that your remains are identified prior to you being cremated. So that might happen privately, or it might happen happen publicly. But please know that that's really important that we, we know that we have the right person and we're cremating the right person. Beyond meeting the basic needs of regulations and rules, we certainly want people to have the opportunity to have the type of service that's most meaningful to them, to have a time to come together, to be able to pay respects and to offer gratitude or sometimes ask for permission or or forgiveness. But I, I would also say that, you know, you can have just about any type of funeral you want to have with cremation. And the question really that comes to hand is, will you have the cremation occur before any services or after cremation, just like burial is a form of disposing of someone. And so, you know, we can do just about anything anyone wants, provided they're willing to consider those options and consider the financial responsibility that goes with it. So it's very common that we would have traditional funeral services followed by cremation. The other thing people ask me about is, you know, what can I do with my cremated remains? And everybody has a story about someone that has either been carrying their loved one's remains around in their trunk or it's sitting on the shelf in their closet. And while I think those are certainly places that will find cremated remains, I think another thing that people don't realize is just, there's a couple of other options and probably still the most popular thing that people do with cremated remains is bury them, whether it's in a a grave of their own or on an existing grave of a loved one. And those are certainly things that are limited by the rules and regulations of the cemetery that you have in mind. People also will consider a niche or a columbarium, a placement in a structure above the ground. Sometimes you'll see those located at cemeteries or even at churches. And I think people also scatter cremated remains on a regular basis. Now, legally, I get asked this question all the time, what's legal? And you can scatter on property that you own. So if you own it, it can be scattered there. You can also scatter in Lake Erie, but you have to go out three miles. So it's not appropriate to go stand at the beach and (laughs) scatter the cremated remains at the beach. You do need to go out three miles. And that's certainly something we assist people with on a regular basis. So we do an awful lot of scattering services, of course, living here on the North Coast. We have an opportunity to scatter in the lake on a regular basis. And we have really uh, nice, what we call casting or scattering urns that are available so that if you are doing that on your own, you're not going to end up with a boat full or a face full of cremated remains. You're certainly not supposed to be scattering in the metro parks or public golf courses. You need to obtain permission from locations that are not Places
0: that you own. Give us some of the the doing business with you Say, things of like ha- handling payment options and, and anything else that that would be of importance to people listening today.
1: So Jim, I think that a lot of times when people come to us on a on a difficult day, there's been a death. Obviously, there's a whole different set of payment issues to consider and how you're going to pay for something and how how you're going to handle that, whether that's writing a check or putting it on a credit card or Um, assigning an insurance policy. But the flip side of that is on a prearrangement, when people are making plans and provisions ahead of time, I think that the two things that will stop people from doing it is number one, they just don't want to talk about it. Or number two, they think that they have to pay for it in a single payment. And you know, it's a little bit like when you have any other tragedy in your life, and you're trying to come up with a lump of money, that's a hard pill to swallow. And so people are very pleasantly surprised to learn that they can certainly make a payment monthly rather than in a single payment. Uh, format. In Ohio, when you prepay for a funeral, the law is very clear. It requires that people place those funds in a a holding company outside of the funeral home's hands. So whether that's a trust or an insurance policy, it um, is something that actually has to be done to protect the consumer so that in the event something would happen to the funeral home, the dollars are still safe. It gives the client flexibility if they chose to use a different funeral home in the market or out of the area. If they happen to move, they have the ability to do that. And I think the last part, of course, people will consider prepaying for a funeral for um, Medicaid planning purposes. They're trying to preserve or protect assets if their loved one has to go into a nursing home or onto a long-term, you know, skilled care that the dollars are there and held in what's called an irrevocable or permanent agreement that allows to secure that money that Medicaid can't touch it. So, you know, most of the time dollars are held in a trust account or they're held in an insurance, a type of funeral insurance policy. And that policy is assigned to the funeral home to pay the bill.
0: So great. Thank you, Julie. And and if someone wants to get one of those final wishes organizers, or they just have uh, some general questions, what's, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you?
1: You're certainly welcome to call me. My business cell phone is 216-789-5596. You're also welcome to call any one of our seven funeral homes, or my email is another great option, and that is jg. Skinner at bushcares.com. You're also welcome to visit our website at www.bushcares.com.